if we just like all kind of like bring up a couple things and like I don't know, talk back and forth a little, it should be enough, I would imagine. Yeah, but. and I think that's what I was getting at as well, is that uh, I think it's easy just to like have something conversational that makes us relatable and like people, you know? Yeah. And it's just like an entertainment show. It's not really about like getting really deep into the details. It's just kind of like what happened and what we think about it, our personal thoughts. Welcome to The Roots Report. My name is Patrick. I'm Major. And lastly, I'm Tim. What are we going to talk about today, Patrick? Glad you asked. Arnault becomes the world richest man, Tesla LiDAR sensor rumors, the AMC GME squeeze, alien disclosure coming in June, and the silver to gold ratio. What do you want to talk about first? Uh, probably the thing right in front of me right here is the uh, AMC. Just, you know, I've been watching the chart all day. It's, uh... Thankfully, it's not as exciting as it was earlier in this week, you know, going from the mid 30s all the way up to $72. Um, and then, you know, just crashing right back down to the 49s. What do we think of uh, AMC and the uh, like very top offering popcorn to their investors and then doing a offering immediately afterwards? Is that a little bit of foul play there or just uh, trying to stoke the retail fire? Uh, I think it's multifaceted for sure. Like AMC needs people to come back to the movie theaters right and you know one of the biggest problems with the movie theaters is how expensive popcorn is uh you know if a, a lot of retail investors are owning amc right now and you know the message on social media is don't sell your amc at any cost right which i don't necessarily agree with at all but you know i guess that's nice to be able to to buy a 50 dollars share of amc and then go in and get a 10 dollars bucket of popcorn or whatever from it Overall, though, I think it's a dick move pulling that offering out. Yeah, for sure. They're really kind of taking advantage of the exact moment that the the squeeze sort of happened. Which I would say is overall a good business decision, right? I mean, theaters were hurting before the the pandemic. Uh, um, one of the craziest things about like the GameStop squeeze was that they didn't do an offering. I was just waiting for it every day at four four one p.m. Uh, just waiting for that offering to drop. I, I was just blown away that they didn't do it. What about you, Patrick? You got any AMC shares? Okay, yeah. No, I think uh, AMC was a total, like, fake out. Like, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't think they could get into any trouble with the SEC with it because, I mean, their stock did jump, like, 100%. And that's when you're supposed to do an offering because the point of an offering is to see the equity in the market and say, you know, if you guys really want this, we're going to take some of that portion and then reinvest it in our own company. I mean, I think it's a little bit dirty. You know, they're seeing like the sentiment and the squeeze and then they say, hey, buy it and you get free popcorn. You know, then it's like discounting their own stock, which causes the squeeze to accelerate. And then they do an offering at the top. And I mean, excellently played by the executives at AMC. They deserve every penny of that enormous bonus they're going to give themselves later. Definitely. Yeah, they're basically uh, getting the most amount of money for the least amount of shares. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is actually, I think, something that Tesla does really well. They've timed the top twice now. Or you could say that they also caused the top. Uh, but both times, you know, he really? sold at, like, the very tippy top, and then it crashes, and then it just goes back up, you know? And now, even though that they're overvalued, I would actually say one of the things about Tesla is that they have a massive war chest of just 
They have like $5 billion now of just cash. They have no loans anymore, no debt, and yep. a large market share. Of nev- they've never looked better. Plus, they're uh, branching out into new sectors with like solar and power bank, et cetera, with their... They have better technology than anyone else. Yeah, so slowly been doing that for a couple of years now. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's starting to catch on a little bit more. As soon as they can get like a real working sort of like very cost effective uh like retail product for houses, things are gonna go nuts again. But right. they need another catalyst to sort of drive future growth. What do you guys think about the uh LIDAR rumors then? Great question. Um I was just about to ask, like, do you think like the love affair with Elon Musk is over uh you know he's always know. been very hated and he's always chosen his words quite poorly uh from calling doge uh hustle on snl to um talking so much trash about lidar technology back in 2018 2019 uh and then lo and behold uh what was it may like early may uh 2021 this year this month um uh tesla wide model got caught using i think luminar uh, tech, uh, LiDAR technology in um, Palm Springs, Florida. So, you know, maybe maybe they're branching out, trying to find some safety, uh, you know, some way to make the technology more safe. Because um, I think they had, what, two separate Tesla crashes uh, in April um, based yeah. on Both resulting in driving. The thing about that is, is that they don't have any autonomous cars yet. So it's just idiots using the free drive system. Like one guy was in his back seat you're supposed to be at the wheel constantly ready to take over. And then every time it crashes, it's like the automation's not working. Well, they don't have it yet. That's not, that's not what they're selling. I also think that the LIDAR sensors, I think it may just be a test run. I don't know what's going on exactly. Uh, I haven't heard any like actual confirmation. Like there's been no confirmation from the company or anything. It could have even just been like somebody else toying with one, you know, they put it on privately. It might not even be corporate owned. I think it would be surprising but, as a turn because Elon Musk has been openly against LIDARs from the beginning. Not to mention they already have, they're already selling in stock a suite with full automation setups. Like you can buy a new car from Tesla today with all the sensors needed for full automation. It's just not ready software wise. Yeah, fair. I think uh, the license plate that was used on this uh, car that was seen was also this plate that they've uh, seen on other Tesla concept vehicles, like the space truck used the same license plate. So I would imagine it's probably a company car. Yeah, and they could be doing some prototyping. I'm not saying that that's impossible. That would be huge for uh, Luminar. Huge for all the LiDAR companies. Yeah. Well, I think it was a Luminar LiDAR oh. system. Yeah. I, don't, I also don't think that the uh, consumer love affair with Elon Musk is over. I think he's, you know, he's always so public and I think he really enjoys the attention. Like he seeks it. So I don't think it's over. And I think people, he'll still be a force to reckon with in the oncoming days. I mean, like what other CEOs tweets have so much power? Yeah. None. And they shouldn't, no. not on an entire section, like cryptocurrency as a whole. Yeah. Like imagine if yeah. like the, the CEO of Ford tweeted out from his own personal account something like long live gasoline like would that tank every ev company at the same time definitely not i doubt anyone even follows the ford ceo who is that even henry ford no henry ford did they resurrect him yeah Yeah, they need to bring back you know work on this work week get it down to four days he'll still be a force to reckon with and i think you know there's nothing that's going to really stop him at any time because it's not like a 
one-off thing. He enjoys it. He spurs it on. You know, he's the force behind it. So I don't think he'll let it go. And I think people will always be interested to see him. I mean, I know you guys aren't as big of Musk fans as I am. And I don't really care like that much about the stocks as much as I do about he's like opened up three big sectors for the world. And I think that's really important. You know, now he's made all those gas powered car companies go electric because it's an availability now and people want electric cars. So that's massive for pollution. He's also reopened the space race and interest in uh, going back to the Mars and the moon and stuff. By making yep. uh, rocket travel cheaper. He's also innovating with solar energy and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I appreciate it, regardless of what you think for the uh, stock market. But I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. He's fighting the right fight. He might get beamed up by the aliens here in the next month or so. They might want to pick him up, pick his brain a little bit. Or return him back to his family. He's a lizard man. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what this alien disclosure is going to be like in June. My topic is definitely going to be like uh, DFEN, the Direxion uh, Airspace and Defense ETF. It's a times three leverage. You know, the textbooks will tell you not to swing that. You know, it's a day trade situation. But large holdings mm-hmm. are Boeing and Raytheon, which I would personally recommend those two stocks if you didn't want to go the ETF route. Um, that's what I'm looking into. I was thinking about, uh, unfortunately, getting some guns. Yeah, no, I think uh, defense is a really great play here. And I think you're right to go with a 3x leverage on a short term move. Because I think regardless of what happens, even if they say, you know, aliens are orbiting the planet right now, it's going to be a big spike and then it'll level out as people realize it's going to be okay or we'll all die. And I mean, you know, yeah, your money won't matter anyway because you'll be dead. So may as well just buy shares of this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I can die with some shares or I can live with some shares. And if I die, you know, it's no big deal. You know, I don't I don't need the money anyway can't take it with me bury me with my bags that's what's gonna be on my tombstone <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> buried with his bags lpcn I, I i knew i knew i knew someone's gonna bring up lpcn after they lost the the patent lawsuit like thank goodness like i'm just out now i can go spend my money on something else five percent today actually is it <laughs> yeah yes in your heart you have the bags in your heart you know me so well the nice thing is like we're not being attacked by aliens in june Right, like the U.S. government's just disclosing this information that they've been like leaking out for a long time. Yeah, there's a there's a big you know internet conspiracy theory that ever since Ancient Aliens first season came out on the History Channel, right? Like there's been a slow trickle down uh, of evidence of UFOs and alien existence, you know, that we're not alone. And I, I think they're doing that. So like when they do drop the news, it's not big news. Like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen. Or I knew that was coming. Oil hats on everybody. Oh, you're, not, you're not wearing yours already? Major's coming out with the truth. Yeah, I was Man, thinking I was about like, You remember that Seas uh, Area 51 thing? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. I was really hoping they would break through and just like run amok. Like what would happen? Would you shoot 50,000 U.S. citizens as they stormed uh, a secret military base? Yeah, it's a real messy situation. I think they ended up making it like really hard to go there, actually. Like they blocked roads and shit so people just couldn't even show up. So yeah, I will drive or fly out to Nevada. But yeah, I'll stop at this gate here. 
Well, I mean, if, you know, unfortunately, if January 6th taught us anything, it's nothing will happen. There were few enough people there that they just arrested him and like said, go home. Yeah, Did they actually arrest. There's like a few people. It wasn't that many people who actually like tried to go on to Area 51, which is an illegal. You would be trespassing. So it is you are committing yeah. a crime. And like, that's not even like the fun one anymore. Area 53 is like where they moved everything back in like the 80s. Yeah, I they think. moved it to so, an area that you don't deal. even know about. Bro, I know all about the Denver International Airport. Oh, the Mall of America. It's where most of our nuclear missiles are stored. So, uh, Tim, why don't you tell us... I know you really wanted to talk about this week, uh, the silver to gold ratio. Wait, are the aliens taking our silver and our gold? They might. I mean, we do have that microchip shortage. That's true. Um, So, in the past few years, uh, I'm just bringing up graph again here. The price relationship between gold and silver. Uh, If you use both of them as a hedge for inflation, which a lot of people do, uh, they should theoretically move up together. Now, there's a little bit of uh, like difference between gold and silver. And I was looking up last night, actually, the uh, difference in conductivity. And gold and silver is actually fairly close. However, the, the main property that gold has as an advantage over silver is that it doesn't oxidize. So silver tarnishes and creates a little, you could say it's like a a layer, which may cause contact issues with electronics. And that's why gold is more popular in electronics. However, I'm gonna throw some numbers here in voice, so try to keep up, I guess. But in 1975 to 1980, uh, the gold-silver ratio was at an all-time low uh, for the past 50 years, trading at about 40 to 1. So that's 40 pieces of silver for every one piece of gold in value. Uh, Over the next 25 years, uh, up until the 2000s, it trended up and actually kind of had a top at around 100 pieces of silver to every one piece of gold. Uh, This is meaning that the price of silver was drastically dropping or the price of gold was accelerating much faster than silver was which if you look at them kind of as a inflationary hedge doesn't really make sense as to why this was happening and over the next 20 years uh, sort of like leading up into the early 2000s and up until like 2010 uh, it, it maintained kind of the same similar level anywhere between uh, 50 and 80 pieces uh, silver to every one piece gold uh, following the 2008 stock market crash, um, silver actually gained quite a bit on gold. Uh, and since then, uh, had kind of been trending downwards up until about 2012. And since 2012, it's been on a massive tear upwards. Uh, so the price difference between silver and gold has been getting larger and larger uh, in the very recent years. Uh, this came to basically like a culmination and an all-time high in the gold-silver ratio uh, of over 120. It was actually just below 130. I think it was like 127 at its all-time high. Uh, 125, actually, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, th- that was basically the very most uh, fearful point in the coronavirus, kind of whenever shutdowns were just initially happening in uh, late March, early April. Uh, that was kind of like peak fear where the difference between gold and silver was actually the, the greatest it's ever been. Uh, and then since then, in the last year and a half, it's dropped all the way back down into the uh, just below the 70s range. So it's been a almost 50% increase in the, the price of silver towards gold. Uh, so very, very interesting. And if you look at the individual US dollar graphs, you can kind of see that gold is still maintaining its 1800-ish level, uh, whereas silver over the past few months has really started to trend upwards. 
And I think it's kind of interesting uh, for people who are playing metals just to sort of understand the relationship that's kind of here moving forward because it looks like for the next couple years at least anyways, uh, that silver kind of has the upper hand over gold. I know we talked about this earlier, but you said you have like a buy signal in the uh, 30 to 1 ratio area right yeah so uh actually i would be buying silver uh whenever it's kind of at like the the high side i like to say anytime it's over 90 is kind of considered to be the high point and that's looking over the past 50 years or so so anytime it kind of reaches up to that range there's a fairly good likelihood it's going to be sort of brought below it and whenever sort of peak fear was happening with the coronavirus back in March of 2020, April of 2020, it was kind of like the all-time high where it was 130 pieces of silver to every one piece of gold. So like the value of converting gold to silver was the best at that point. And ideally, you could like re redeem it for more gold at a lower point. Yeah. So buy at like 100 plus, sell at 30 lower. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of the range it sort of seems to float between. I'm long in silver right now, full disclosure. That's kind of the, the trend I've seen happening over the past few years. History usually repeats itself unless something weird happens. I mean, they do always tell you, though, history doesn't predict future incomes. That's always no, like it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's a great indicator. And uh, what do you think about the silver, like the paper silver to actual real held silver yeah uh, rumor so, that they selling more silver than there does exist yeah and uh there was a note released by the federal reserve uh, a couple weeks ago basically saying that they're missing a hundred thousand ounces of silver which directly impacts all these people who are who have the paper silver uh or like stock in silver companies that say they're redeemable for silver like do they actually have that silver or are they just selling you a dream for the price of one ounce of silver that does sound nice i wish i could print my own silver i think we should yeah. open up a bank or something yeah that would be a good idea but <laughs> uh I, i'm a fan of uh buying hard silver and holding it yourself in a safe at home or in a secure place wherever you want to put right. it yeah not to mention when aliens are disclosed you'll be wanting that silver exactly you know? materials they actually the aliens, have probably. value they're probably looking for silver and gold like <laughs> yeah i mean why wouldn't they be yeah it's not like there's almost an infinite amount in the asteroid field hey <laughs> they want ours yeah they want ours you know it's better so when you take it from someone else i, I think they more want our labor than our resources yeah they might probably i would love to see an alien race come down and try to enslave like the lazy ass americans um, but i was wondering tim because you're, you're such a big metalhead would you hedge against inflation with silver or cryptocurrency? Well, uh, I, I do buy a little bit of both. I'll be completely honest with that. A little um, diversification. Yeah, I, I more see silver as kind of money that I don't want to touch ever. I want to just have some value in case shit completely hits the fan. And like, what are you going to do? You'd at least want something that's like of value to be able right. to trade for whatever goods you're going to need. So it's kind of like my hedge against the end of the world, I guess. I think the future is in cryptocurrency. But in, in the event of like a massive EMP strike and internet goes down or something like that, silver's there for you. You have a solar flare. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Yeah. Or the uh, poles could switch. Yeah, that's yeah. that's supposed to happen sometimes. Isn't it like slowly switching all the time? Uh, I've heard yeah. like, so it's been a really long time. We might like have entered into a different stability Dimension. point. 
but it could be reversing or it could just switch like one day because it switches really quick. It's moving and then it'll flip much quicker like all the way around. It doesn't like gradually go so that our poles oh. are on like east-west ever. I it see. Okay. Flips. I think uh, Bitcoin though is like stored, right? Like it, is there a hard copy or is if, if they all went down, would it get if every computer in the, in the world, expert in the house? I don't know. If every computer in the world went down, there's no one that's keeping like a live copy of the blockchain, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, if you had like a USB with a wallet on it, I think that would probably be safe. Maybe. maybe. Unless unless it got wiped during the... Uh, yeah, as long as it's in a Faraday cage. Isn't that where you keep all of your USBs? In a Faraday cage? Yeah, no way. Every good prepper does. So what do you think about the GME squeeze then? Do you think oh, it's still it's got up. legs? I'll be honest. I'm very... I mean, obviously from the uh, alien conversation, you, you can tell I, I like to dip my toes in the conspiracies. I just think, you know, I'm not some kind of tinfoil hat guy. But I think it's important. I, one, I think it's fun. Uh, but two, I think it's an, an important critical uh, thinking size. So, you know, asking yourself, like, what's happening here, right? Like, are hedge funds dumb enough to get burned twice trying to do uh, a squeeze or trying to short GameStop and AMC? So at the beginning, I really thought this was a, uh, a giant ruse by uh, Wall Street uh, and institutions hedge funds um, trying to simulate a squeeze to get retail investors to buy in. And then, you know, do the rug pull. But the AMC squeeze, you know, um, that's what I'm going to call it for uh, just for talking points. Uh, the AMC squeeze, it looks like, it looks like it's got movement. It looks like it's got legs. Uh, you know, a lot of retailers are behind it. I think they're calling themselves apes now. Well, that was old GME stuff, you know. Ape, just yeah. old banana or something. Like, how it originated. Ape strong together. I mean, people. I think personally... It's other hedge funds taking down hedge funds. Like, I don't think there's enough like real retail investor. I think they're using they're retail not. to help. I think other hedge funds are organizing to like take down like these dumb hedge funds that are over shorting stuff, you know? I would 100%. And, like, you know, if I could take out, if I was a hedge fund and I could take out a competition, another hedge fund, I would totally do that. I mean, their clients are going to have to go somewhere. And I will say one thing about uh, aliens is it's, always true that regardless of whether you believe in them or not it's just fun to talk about right yeah. the what if i don't know i i still have mixed opinions i feel like there's definitely life out there beyond our planet whether it's sentient and like able to visit us completely different question i don't know it would be almost i mean it would be extremely profound if we found out that nowhere else had life except for us i know but that's the great filters debate, which is uh, if yeah. we are the only ones, where are the filters? You know, it could be before us, in which case we may be lucky, or it could be after us, in which case we might be dead soon. Yeah. And like, I don't know, realistically, like we would have up until now slash not even really, we have no way of like knowing if there's anyone else out there beyond our solar system, let alone yeah. even in our solar system. Like we're like just getting yeah. to that point now. Well, I mean, that's the uh, Fermi's paradox. I mean, we can for sure tell that there's not a galactic spacefaring animal in our solar system, as long as, like, you know, you don't subscribe to, like, so they're playing a trick on us. But yeah. basically, there should be signs of galactic faring civilizations that are left over. And we haven't been able to see any of those yet. So the Fermi's paradox says, you know, where are they? Basically, you know, there's so many yeah. of them, and yet there's there's so many planets, so many stars, 
and yet we don't have any evidence for anything else. True. Which is actually, uh, to bring it back to Elon Musk, is one of his reasons that he says we need to go to Mars so that we're a double planet civilization so that we're not as vulnerable to extinction. Mm, true. Yeah. Have you seen The Expanse on yeah. Amazon? I love The Expanse. Love The Expanse. Oh, so it's yeah, probably it's one of my favorite or... shows. Yeah, it's uh, five. They just finished up their, their fifth series or their fifth season. Um, they've been scheduled to do a sixth season. Uh, it follows a book series. Uh, it's absolutely just it's a fantastic show. I'd really recommend it. Um, I would elevator pitch just to sum it up. I'd say it's Game of Thrones in space, basically. Um, but you know, the Earth becomes overpopulated, so they go to Mars to terraform Mars. But no, it's, it's a good idea. Like we need to to move out. You know, maybe we can just turn uh, the Moon into like a, a crypto mining uh, facility and doesn't have to worry about uh, the Earth. entire Moon Moon coin uh, environment. Safe Moon. That's what it moon, is. Moon uh. we've, we've we've done it. We've cracked. We know what they're up to now. So the one last thing I I, I actually wanted to talk about was Bernard Olnark becoming the richest man for a few moments. It was like a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, uh, like a week ago. Did and, he deserve it? Well, I don't, does anyone deserve $180 billion? I think is a good question. Well, if you're solving problems left, right, and center, maybe. Uh, well, all he does is sell luxury items to rich people. So That's not a problem. uh but i think uh what i like what i think is interesting about this is one i didn't really even know he was in the running everybody always talks about uh you know bezos and musk and they're in a little tantrum fit between each other to see who can stay on top longest uh but arnold came through and for a few hours he was the richest man in the world which isn't nothing you know even if you can be it for a moment uh but i think it's really interesting because the reasoning behind it was uh he owns a lot of luxury brands like louis vuitton and the increased in purchases from chinese shoppers as they didn't have as much lockdown over the last year as europe did even though it started there their autocratic system of government was able to shut it down quite easily with a quarantine so they had a lot of increase in luxury purchases and i think that speaks a lot to their modernization and their maturing as a economy and i think that is an important market indicator for the future they're becoming a consumerist society you know they're elevating to the next stage where they were heavily production you know they produced stuff but didn't buy it because they didn't have enough money but now they're actually aging and getting more money so they're becoming consumers and i think that's a really important market coming into the future whereas i think more manufacturing will move to automation 3d printing and india for any uh hand labor that's what that's exactly what i was thinking um yeah i mean china can't keep producing forever one you know just literally they're running out of like labor force uh with their one kid rule that's that's no longer they're getting old just as fast as we are but there's not enough people to replace them uh, i definitely think production is going to india and you made a great point about automation and uh 3d printers you know that's basically like the future at least i hope so i have a bunch of 3d printing stocks yeah, and I don't think they're bad stocks. I also think 3D printing and automation will actually turn population into a liability rather than a resource as it has been. Like China's major resource was its people, but as they age and 3D printing becomes more popular, that'll be more of a liability because you have all these people to feed. 
as opposed to a resource because they won't be needed to work as much. So we may be moving to the uh, freedom dividend. Andrew Yang, yeah, I like him a lot. He might, that name might sound familiar for people. He had the proposed idea when he was running for Democratic presidency or as a Democratic president or a candidate for the presidency in 2016. Man, it feels like, no, 2020. I was going to say it feels like forever ago. Felt like that does. That he had the, the idea of giving Americans $1,000 a month. Yeah, so that's the where, freedom dividend. The freedom dividend. So that's where he, that's where that name sounds familiar for all of our listeners. I think we may be moving. I think it's an inevitability, actually, as we age as a with more robotics and automation that uh, people won't need to work for food and such anymore. And so you'll have to provide for them. Yeah, I mean, we've got a, you know, a growing disparity uh, between like a wealth gap between, you know, the one percent, the ninety nine percent. And Congress doesn't like they're going to do anything to change that anytime soon. If anything, they're just going to perpetuate it, make it worse. So, yeah, I mean, it, the writing's on the wall. It's only for so much longer that people can do this, uh, you know, work these jobs. And become the top 1% now, because later it may get a lot harder if there's no jobs. Yeah, right. No, I, uh, you know, I've talked about this before. I hate corporate America. Uh, I refuse to go back to a nine to five life. Um, one of the best things uh, that have come out of this lockdown uh, is retail investors, right? Um, not necessarily knowing what, exactly you know what they're doing and like what makes the stock market move, but like they're they're starting to invest, and that's the most important part. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, "Investing is like planting a tree. The best time to do it was 15 years ago. The second best time to do it is today." Right? Right? It's a damn good. Like it's a good quote. Uh, so I'm just, you know, that's why we why we're all here. The Roots Report, right? Uh, Roots yeah. Research LLC. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's why we're here to bring the power back to the retail investors, back to the 99%. We're not going to occupy Wall Street or whatever, but hopefully we'll be able to retire early and comfortably. Exactly. And I mean, luckily, we don't base all of our decisions on this one port. You know, it's just us chatting. But uh, if you wanted to know more, you know, we always have our Discord open. You find all the best uh, updates in there. But I don't know. Was there anything else that anybody wanted to touch on today? Moving forward, uh, what do we think is going to happen with Elon, is he ever going to get smacked by the SEC in a way that actually hurts, or are they just going to keep tickling him? I think he's definitely daring them to, like a matador. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he got two, what, notes of violation or, or memos of violation or whatever from the SEC on the last 48 hours. You know, it, it, it feels a lot like slapping like a company uh, on the wrist with like a a compliance fine or whatever, right? Like, uh, yeah, you broke the rules, so we're gonna fine you like $25 million. Oh, however, like your net asset is you know 500 billion, so that's not even the equivalency of making a speeding ticket or of getting a speeding ticket at $55,000 a year annual salary. Like, it's a slap on the wrist. And I think, I think Tim Lee pointed out brilliantly, like, he or maybe it was Patrick, he he loves he loves the spotlight, he loves doing this. Um, and I don't follow him for that. It's, I mean, the guy's a trip. A hundred percent. When you're the first and or second richest man in the world, who can stop you? Yeah, really. True. Somebody should be, though, for sure. Well, I mean, that's what the SEC is supposed to do, but they're just such a weak organization. I think basically from their inception. Like, I've never really heard the SEC do anything other than just like exactly what they're really not supposed to do. They get kind of pushed around a lot, I feel. like. Like, no power. It's all bark. Yeah, they can kind of fuck you over pretty bad if uh, 
Oh, like if they are not allowed to trade anymore like, in the public markets. Sorry, you no. said something about Ripple there. Yeah, still pissed off about Ripple. Like, go fuck yourself, SEC. That that hurt my bank account quite a bit. Like, you want to talk about market manipulation? Like, forget what Elon says or tweets out, right? Like, what is the SEC doing exactly? Right. Um, and it looks like they're not winning this lawsuit so far. Um, if they lose, like the case against Ripple, right? Like, you know, you can just forget Elon Musk or or Reddit for Wall or for for stock market man- manipulation or stock manipulation. Um, even though I know it's a cryptocurrency, not a stock, it's still still manipulation, right? Market manipulation, right? It was, yeah, it was a it was a, a Hindenburg attack by the SEC, yeah. basically. So who knows? I can guarantee you one thing: when it when when the news drops, when it happens, you'll be able to find out about it here on the Roots Report. Well, I think that's all we have for today. So I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Spotify, and join our Discord. You can join in the conversation, ask us questions from the day to day, and stay rooted. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Have a good one. Now we have our listeners joining in to ask questions. Fenworth, what do you have to say? Yeah, uh, if y'all could stop saying uh, like, uh, like, like a lot, uh, that'd be great. Thanks. This is an informative publication. Your financial decisions and their risks are your own. We are not financial advisors. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. For a full disclosure on our roles and financial decisions, please read the full version attached below.